our former comrade is in trouble. I will need your help to get the inspectors off the ship if you wish to leave or report this plan. Coming up, acting Captain Spock goes rogue and steals the Enterprise as he answers a distress call from Lieutenant Noonien Singh. A new syndicate made up of ex-Cleon and Federation soldiers we want to restart the war. The Enterprise crew races to stop a traitorous plot that could reignite the war between the Federation and the Klingon Empire. Sure you want to do this again? No, but I'm not saying a better choice. Dr. Mbinga and Nurse Chapel become unlikely action heroes as they fight to send a warning signal to the Enterprise. Mr. Spock, it's now or never. Fire photon torpedoes. And Spock is forced to take action that will most likely get those two killed. All this and more coming up on the Strange New World season two premiere episode of Energize. Energize, Energize. We're boldly going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe before Captain Kirk. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. Your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the new adventures of Captain Pike and the Enterprise crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. All right, the season two premiere started off with a bang. Here's a warp speed recap of season two, episode one of Strange New Worlds, The Broken Circle. I wanted to talk to you about an odd signal variance I picked up. It's a distress signal. Who is it from? Laon, sir. The message is dire. It states, dangerous situation on Kajatar 4, anti-Federation threat. Permission denied, Lieutenant. Our former comrade is in trouble. I will need your help to get the inspectors off the ship. A new syndicate made up of ex-Cleon and Federation soldiers we want to restart the war. Mr. Spock, what are your orders? Follow the false Federation ship and do not let the Klingons know that we are here. If we don't destroy it before we get out of the rings, the Klingons are going to see both of us. That's definitely going to start a war. They fired an array of torpedoes. Mr. Spock, it's now or never. Fire photon torpedoes. So, Steve, we are back coming after Picard season three. I know it was it was so hard to say goodbye to that crew. And yet somehow Strange New Worlds just makes me feel rejuvenated and. I, I'm just so thrilled. And what a new look they've got. It's just so killer. They're really crushing it. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've been waiting to see, you know, how Strange New Worlds was going to do an encore performance. And um, so they, they they came right in. They came right off the bat. Uh, we know that at the end of last season, uh, Una... Uh, was found out to be an Illyrian, that meaning she lied uh, to get into Starfleet because there's a ban on um, enhanced people, genetically enhanced people. So that's kind of where we left off. Yeah, and I and I love that they start up with that because even though this is an episodic series, 
they still kept us with that cliffhanger, and we wanted to know what's going to go on. So that's what this episode is about, and it's a good one. Yeah, and I and I think that uh, Strange New Worlds, the writers for Strange New Worlds, is doing a really good job. I, I think they're preserving the um, the best of doing a long arc, but episodic. I, there's there's they're they're doing the best of both, and they're keeping the themes alive with each of the characters across the whole season, which is a good thing. But they're, you know, definitely keeping the stories contained uh, within episode to episode. Which, in my opinion, is so great because, number one, we're going back to episodic, which is what Next Generation was. Of course, TOS was. And also, they're doing a a lot to preserve the... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The feel that Gene Roddenberry really wanted for the original series. I don't feel like any series is as close to TOS as Strange New Worlds. And even though it's new producers and new everything, there this episode especially really felt like an original series episode. It really did. Right. And uh, because they have a number of shows, I think there's something for everybody. And so just like we were just like we were coming off that high of Picard, which was definitely a long arc story. Uh, they did a fantastic job with it and, it, and it couldn't have been episodic for what they were trying to do. So now we're back to the, to the uh, like you said, the original Gene Roddenberry vision. So we find the Enterprise at Starbase 1, the crew, most of the crew is on shore leave, and uh, Pike talks about there being some quiet tension among the brass, and I'm kind of like, this must be some kind of foreshadowing. Captain's Log, Stardate 2369.2. Enterprise is in space dock at Starbase 1. I sense a tension here among the brass that I can't pin down. Yeah, what's going on here? We don't know. It's a great way to start the episode because we haven't seen the show for a year and suddenly there's a lot of tension going on. We know that Una's been taken away, but we really want to know what's going on. Is it Una? Is it something else? We don't know. I hear they're going to offer me a plea deal. You cannot resign. The lost Enterprise would be unimaginable. And so we find Pike and Una and... You know, Una is having trouble getting someone to represent her because the the long arc or the long damage or the, le- the lasting legacy of the eugenics wars and, and Khan Noonien Singh, you know, has left an indelible mark on the Federation. It has impacted how they operate. So they have these rule, hard rules in place about genetically modified humans. And it seems like no one wants to represent Una. You're not giving up. Chris. Did you manage to even talk to her? She won't respond. She won't take my calls either. There must be other lawyers who can handle this. Right, and she seems to be kind of taking it okay. You know, she's like, listen, Chris, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. And he's like, no, 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 I, I, I want to help you. And it's almost like she's given up in a way. Uh, it's curious to me. Yeah, so, you know, first of all, I, 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 I grapple with this. So... You know, is the Starfleet rule just considering what happened with the eugenics wars? Is it just or unjust? It's hard to tell because, you know, think about September 11th. Uh, is the Patriot Act still just, despite the fact that we were attacked 23 years ago? That's the big question that we always ask is something happened happened in the past and we created laws around it. Are they still applicable to a modified uh society something somebody that has grown it's hard to tell and that's what makes this so difficult and and considering una's service should she get a pass or does it or is it about is it is it poison 
fruit because she lied initially? I mean, these are the big questions. Yeah, and I think that, you know, they 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 started with the arrest at the end of uh, last season. I don't think this is going away anytime soon, even though they basically dropped that story pretty much right there, and we go off into our main story for the first episode. I'm going to talk to her myself, face to face. No, sure. Just take three days off from being captain of the Enterprise to go to the other side of the quadrant and get a door slammed in your face. If she's your only shot at fighting this, I have to try. So, you know, Pike insists on on helping her. Uh, she's been trying to reach out to a certain attorney who's supposed to be, like, the best um, in the galaxy, but she isn't answering Una's calls, which is uh, interesting. And so Pike decides that he's going to go after this person who's a sector away and leave Spock in command. Yeah. Uh, well, I now granted they're in space dock, right? They're at uh, Starbase One around Jupiter. What could go wrong, right? They're just they're basically docked. But still, you know, they just got back. He's leaving. It's a very strange choice for him to make. Yeah, considering the fact that um, Spock is having difficulties with his emotions. And that's been a a thing since uh, the battle with the Gorn, when they had to recover the ship on the planet. He unleashed his emotions. Doctor, the captain has put me in command of the Enterprise for the next three days. I'm concerned my emotions may impact my judgment. You just have to learn to live with them, like we all do. Yeah, and and I like that they're carrying that over. Just like you said earlier, this is episodic, but they do have a few character arcs and story arcs that really take us through the entire season and probably through the series. I think we're going to see Spock struggling with this. I do want to mention a couple of things that I noticed off the bat. When, When they show the Enterprise at Space Dock, there's a different look, not just to the Enterprise, but the interior of the Enterprise. I think they've changed a few things. One of the things I noticed was that they they communicate in the windows of the Enterprise, and so all of the communication signals are at an angle. So when they talk to the Admiral or whomever they're talking to, it's in that angled window. I think that's brilliant. The other thing, I don't know if you noticed or not, but did you notice that when the Enterprise was docked in space dock, they were docked next to a different ship? another ship next to them. Do you know what ship that was? I did not notice what ship it was, but I did notice that it was another consta- uh, Constellation-class ship. It was not a Constellation-class ship. It was a California-class oh, ship. Oh, okay. I think the Cerritos was docked next to the Enterprise. And the reason I think that is because during the off-season, I saw a, some kind of picture of... The two actors that uh, that play um, Boimler and Mariner in actual live suits, like they're probably going to show up on Strange New Worlds. I think they're going to do a crossover. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've, they've already teased that they're going to do a crossover. But the question is, how are they going to be brought into it? Because uh, those two characters are T and T and G era characters. Yeah, I know. That is true. But there was a California class docked next to Strange New World. So we'll have to figure that one out. Doctor? Lieutenant? If you'll excuse me. Fascinating. Isn't that typically his line? It's just that when he saw you... Don't I... even... No, no. Um, I, I, I like the fact that we we're co- we're constantly dealing with Spock's growth because we know where he ends up because we we know Spock's complete story arc all the way until his death. But um, 
I, I like the fact that that he's a younger version of himself. He's still grappling with I'm half human, you know, half Vulcan. And so he's with Dr. Mbinga and he's worried about, you know, how will his emotions adversely impact his command? What do you think? Well, I mean, it's an interesting question. And I think Dr. Mbinga handles it well um, because you have to serve no matter what. This was the issue that Data had when he got his emotions. This is the issue when anybody is faced with fear, which is an emotion. And I, I, I think, you know, I was really hard on Ethan Peck last year. And I think this season, already in this first episode, I think he's grown. And I think we're really going to fall in love with this character and watch him grow. I think it's going to be good. Yep. And so then Nurse Chapel walks in and... Here we are. We still have this um, sexual tension yes. that's in the air. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and she's got a new haircut and she's adorable. Yes. Right. Yep. And when she walks in, Spock quickly exits. And I'm just like, where is this going to go this season? I mean, <laughs> you know, he's already, you know, uh, he's already with someone. Is he still? Yeah, right. He, is he married or engaged? He's engaged to, to Pring. Remember. remember at the beginning still, of season one, to Pring yeah. proposed to him. Remember? Yes, I do. Yes. I wanted to talk to you about an odd signal variance I picked up. It's a distress signal. Who is it from? Laon, sir. So as inspections are in full uh, full swing on the bridge, Uhura picks up a distress call from Laon, and Spock has to present this to Admiral April. But uh, because this is coming from this disputed dilithium mining planet, uh, Spock's request is, is denied. And of course, there's a lot of reasons for this. The Klingon War, which was featured in Discovery Season 1, is still fresh in everybody's mind. Um is it the right or the wrong move to ignore La'an? What do we do there? Um, she hasn't been a part of the crew. She took off last season. Um, something has to be done, and Spock has to make the choice. The message is dire. It states, dangerous situation on Kajitar 4, anti-Federation threat. Permission denied, Lieutenant. I, I don't understand why um, April would just... Say no. I, I get. I, I get and understand that that this dilithium planet is shared. We get it one month. I mean, Federation gets it one month. Klingons get it another. And you know, we have it's a delicate balance. But I mean, couldn't we have sent a covert crew or uh, some somebody? I mean, that's you know, we you know, you have Section Thirty One. You have special operations. We could have sent anyone to to at least check on it. I didn't. I didn't agree with that move. I agree, and he was cryptic about it. Now, granted, Pike was not there, and sending a commanding officer instead of the captain on some kind of rescue or whatever mission it was, was probably not in anyone's best interest. But, you know, April's orders were April's orders, and they kind of cut the cord there. And then Spock says, you know what? I think we're going to go ahead and do this. <laughs> Our former comrade is in trouble. I will need your help to get the inspectors off the ship if you wish to leave or report this plan. I will not stand in your way. He meets with the senior staff and he, he basically is like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do this. You can, you know, you know, ignore this if you want to or you, I mean, you can join me if you want to or, or turn me in. And of course, they're going to go with him because it's, it's their shipmate. It's, you know, she's senior staff. And so uh, I was just kind of like, what? I, I, for a second, I didn't buy it. Right, because 
it, I don't know. It, it felt almost too formulaic. Like, we're going to steal the Enterprise. They're, first of all, they're in space dock. Second of all, it's Starbase One. April's there. I, I don't see the quote-unquote logic in actually trying to get away with just stealing the Enterprise. So they come up with what they think is a good idea, and that's this fake coolant leak that somehow forces them to... I don't know, do what? Disengage from the station? They just like, oh, we have a coolant leak, right? But Yeah, it was it was a little it was a little thin, but then yeah. again, Spock in the future aboard Kirk's Enterprise does steal the Enterprise to help yep. Captain Pike. Absolutely right. So it's I guess it's not out of the question or out of character for Spock because he did it in the future. But uh, I thought it was just a tad force. But um, this is where we get the introduction of, of Chief Engineer Lieutenant uh, uh, Pelia. Yeah. Commander Pelia, we are at red alert. Perhaps you did not hear the evacuation order. Someone accidentally simulated a coolant leak on the sensors. What did you think of her? Well, okay, I remember her from way back in taxi days when she was the girlfriend of Christopher Lloyd, okay? So she's been around for a long time. That's right. And she's done a lot of different acting roles. Uh, at first, I did not like her. I'm like, I don't like the accent. She seems strange. She's more like a vo- like a, uh, like um, Dracula. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay, we're going to do it. She had this really weird accent. I'm like, well, who is this girl? She did grow on me, but at first I was like, eh, I kind of miss Hammer, and I'm sad that Hammer's dead. But she immediately reveals that she knows what Spock's up to and she's cool with it. So now I'm cool yeah, with it. Yeah, I, I mean, I felt the same way. It was just, um, I, I guess it comes from a long line of engineers and they've all been, you know, more serious and she's quirky. Yeah. And I guess that changes the dynamic for me. So I leave, I always leave myself open, but I was just kind of like, ah. But then the fact that, like you said, she she knows that, you know, they've been tampering with it and she comes up with a better idea. And and she yeah. does. She's like, if you're gonna steal the enterprise, my god. Exactly. Do it right. Exactly. <laughs> and she also reveals yeah. that she knows Spock's mother. Yeah, and then she mentions that later too, which we'll talk about later, but it's a very strange thing. So yeah. Uh, is this the best way to introduce her? Actually, I think so. And and the reason is because it's in a moment where she could have easily, as a new character, said, this is wrong. I'm going to turn you in. Uh, I'm, I'm placing you all on arrest. She's like, no, 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 no. Let's do this right. And she tells them how to actually better cover themselves by venting plasma from the nacelles, which causes the space dock to immediately request an emergency undocking. A new syndicate made up of ex-Cleon and Federation soldiers want to restart the war. Restart the war how? All I know is they've been looking to get their hands on as much Federation tech as possible. So we go down to this this uh, dilithium, uh, you know, mining planet, and uh, we meet up with Lon, and she's playing you know, a drinking game with uh, Klingons with blood wine. It's so great. And this, again, the, everything reminds me of something, right? This reminds me of the opening scene in Indiana Jones uh, when 
uh, what's her name? The the female protagonist is doing that drinking game with the guy, and she ends up drinking him under the table, and she takes all that money. Do you remember that scene? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. It, and she she crushes it. She gets it. It was it was awesome. Well, the the one thing out of that scene uh, had nothing to do with uh, Laon or what was uh, the drinking game. I was just happy that the Klingons are back to the TNG style Klingons. Yeah. I agree with they that. They look I, like Klingons. Yeah, I think the Discovery Klingons, they made a mistake there. Um, they made them look almost like an eel. Uh, they, they got rid of... Lizardy, animalistic. Yeah. I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. Let's stick with the ridges. They yeah. are people. And the hair. Not lizards. Yeah, and yeah. And, and they're back. I, I totally agree with that. I was happy to see that as well. Um, and so the bridge crew, you know, they show up to get her and... Um, the revelation to that bridge crew is the syndicate of ex-Klingon and Federation soldiers are trying to reignite hostilities uh, between the Federation and the Klingons. So she knows this, and she's trying to figure this out, which is an interesting way to get the Enterprise there. She calls a distress signal, but she never says why. And when they get there, she's like, listen, we got to get on the inside of this. And I thought, at first I wasn't into the distress signal and stealing the Enterprise, but the ends justified the means, I think, in this case. Uh, definitely, definitely. And then I questioned it uh, for a hot second. I was like, would, would, would the Federation, would Federation soldiers and Klingon uh, soldiers work together? And I was like, of course they did. They, it was undiscovered country. They did. <laughs> yes. And there have been other times when they did that. Um, yeah. You know, after, after Enterprise C was destroyed in the battle against the Romulans. You know, that too. Yep, yep. And so uh, it, it was a good setup for a good um, a good plot. You know, the, the specter of, of going back into another war between the Federation and Klingons, nobody wants that. Um, because, you know, Klingons will fight to the bitter end. I agree. And the thing is here is that I think that despite the fact that they're trying to avoid it, I think that's what we might see this season, a real Klingon. Klingon dust up. I really do. Yeah, and it's really good because we didn't have Klingons last season, and so here we here we are, and I think that's that's really great because I was wondering when are we gonna, you know, uh, come across the Klingons yeah. and how will they be brought in into the strange new worlds universe? So that was really really cool. If you have a Federation ship in the middle of a territorial dispute, you could use it to attack the Klingons, start the war all over again. We have to warn Enterprise. Dr. Mbinga and Nurse Chapel, they, they get they get a chance to shine in this episode. Yeah, in, in a few ways. Some that stunned me, right? Um, they're there to help people that were hurt in the mine explosion. And they're taken hostage um, for their medical services. And they're taken aboard this Federation stolen ship that's being rebuilt. We kind of get a glimpse of it. We don't see the whole thing, but we can definitely tell it's Federation. It's got that saucer section and... And and it's revealed that yeah they're they're building this ship for some reason. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and it, it it becomes apparent that this is part of some kind of false flag operation. Right. And and we need to figure that out. One of the things I love is that, you know, right around this time I start to realize, oh God, you know, Pike's not in this episode at all, and he may not come back. This looks like it's about to be an Mbenga and Chapel episode, and I was right. They they really featured them here. And these two do not disappoint. I love that they were a part of the first episode coming back. They just did a phenomenal job. I'm sure you want to do this again? No, but I'm not seeing a better choice. No! No! 
Yeah, it just completely played out in a way that was completely unexpected. I did not see this coming. And so Chapel and Mbinga are, are tasked with now having to warn the Enterprise because this ship is going to take off and execute its mission, which is going to cause um, a, a Klingon Federation war. It's going to reignite it, and then millions of people are going to die. So they have to stop this, and they have to send a message, send a signal. <laughs> well, they do something really uh, that surprised me. And I want to ask you, did they do this before? They shoot up with some kind of green or blue fluid that gives them kind of temporary superhuman strength. And they said, we've done this before. But honestly, I don't recall when they did it before. Was it during the the Gorn in the first uh, season? No, no, I don't recall this at all. You know, I, I, I was just you know, going back through my mental Rolodex and I don't remember them ever shooting up before. And I'm going to have to go back and take a look, you know, to our listeners. I'm going to have to go back and take a look. And if anybody knows, Anthony, I can't believe it. You know what you're doing. I mean, it's just just one of those things. This completely slips me. So I was just like, okay, so these people are going to take speed. (laughs) And they do. And, And, but she says specifically, we've done this before. And I'm like, wait, when? But anyway, as soon as they do, they're confronted with all forms of Klingons coming to try to stop them. And they just, they go bananas and they just start kicking everybody's ass, including Chapel, who just really puts up a great fight. Yeah. And it was just really cool to see them in, in, in an, an aggressive stance. And so Chapel's kicking ass. Dr. Mbinga is kicking ass because, I mean, he's a doctor. He's all about the Hippocratic Oath. And he was uh, hack. Giving the Hippocratic yeah. oath. Yeah. He was hacking people up. I love it. And that that was one question I had was if it, what happened to do no harm? These guys are like fighting everybody. I know they're not necessarily killing anybody, but they are absolutely kicking the shit out of people. And is that do no harm or I'm not sure. Yeah, but I but I think uh, the needs of the many. <laughs> we didn't oh my God! How funny! I mean, it's or one of those one. things. I mean, igniting a war is going to kill millions, millions, if this happens. And we've just come out of a war where so many people died. Um, what would you rather do? Uh, I hurt a few uh, to save millions. No, or you're right. I you're arrest you're, on yeah. principle. <laughs> You're right. So the two uh, reached their goal, which was to get to the transponder to send a message to warn the Enterprise. And so they do that. But then the fights continue. <laughs> right. So they get the message out. But yeah, this is when the next wave comes. And this is where I really start to worry about Chapel because she's losing a bit of her strength. She's worried about that. And she does take a few to the face, which I don't love. But they fight their way and they make it to um, the airlock. And it's like now I'm thinking, well, OK. How do they get out of here? Are they going to blow themselves out? Are there EV suits? And that's what they start to do. They start searching for EV suits. Yeah, because the thing is, clearly the message they sent to the Enterprise had something to do with this, you know, destroying the ship. Right. right. And so because they got to get off. Right. And and the sad thing about this particular moment is that they don't necessarily find a full suit for each of them. They find pieces, and to me, that says to me. Uh, I'm worried one of them is actually going to die. There's a beacon in the helmet and an attitude jet in the back. So we just jump into space without an EV suit? I know it's a terrible idea. Yeah, it's terrible. Must get to it then. Yeah, yeah. So they they come to the decision they're going to have to jump, you know, and hope that they can do a signal. Yep. 
and the you know the Enterprise picks it up in time. They got I think I think he said they had about a minute before they would die. Well, that's what Omega said. He said, "Look, we don't have enough to protect ourselves." And she's like, "We're going to die instantly." He's like, "No, no, no. We've got a minute. So we'll hold each other. We'll go out there, and hopefully, when we get out, they'll beam us back." But at the same time, you know, Spock is being forced to make a decision, and that is, "Do I shoot on this ship?" Here's what's happening. A Klingon cruiser has uh, warped into the area and is snooping around trying to find any evidence of Federation ships. Right now, the Enterprise is hiding in those red crystals, kind of like a ring around the planet, so they can't be detected. But this new ship that was built inside that facility is going to make its little heyday. And this is where we start to find out what's really going on. These factions, these rogue Klingons and humans, are going to try to ignite a war by bringing out this ship and shooting on the Klingon ship. Sir, it's a ship. One of ours. It's sending a code. What is it saying? Enterprise. Destroy this ship. So Uhura picks up the code from the transponder saying destroy the Federation ship. But there's no there's no message or anything as to how to pick up Mbinga or Nurse Chapel. So Spock, you know, is in a bad position. And this is where his emotions are starting to cloud his judgment. The one thing that he actually feared. And you can see this. I, I love the way that Ethan Peck is playing this this season because he's really emotional. It may be because of the emotions he released last season or whatever's going on here. But... Or his uh, suppressed love for Chapel. Right. And she's on there and he's got to destroy the ship. He knows it. But he's, he... And he has to destroy it before they're revealed. They can, they can only stay hidden for so long. I theorize that Dr. Mbenga and Nurse Chapel were indeed taken by the extremists. And we're able to reconfigure the transponder to give us warning. Sir, what if Nurse Chapel and Dr. Mbenga are still on that ship? They thought it worth their lives to prevent another war. Logical. As soon as that ship is revealed, the Klingons will see this as an act of war. So what happens is, in this very same moment, Chapel and Mbega grapple together. They hold each other, and they hit that airlock, and they go out. And at the exact same time, Spock decides on his own, without knowing they're there or that they've escaped, to fire on that ship, on the Federation, the faux Federation ship. And you can see his pain. It's really intense. So they're in sensor range of the Klingon battle cruiser. Volton torpedoes locked on the Federation ship, full spread. Mr. Spock. Not yet. Any signal from Nurse Chapel or Dr. Mbenga? Nothing, sir. Mr. Spock, it's now or never. Fire photon torpedoes. And luckily enough, they pick up the signal and bring them aboard just in time. Uh, yeah, and they beamed them on there, and I loved it because it wasn't just like they were beamed and they're okay. Chapel was not breathing, and she was an ice cube, and Mbenga had, you know, ice all over his face and his beard and his hair, and it was a, it was a big deal. Yeah, and Spock, you know, um, administers CPR. You don't die. You don't die. You do not die. And he saves her. And I just found that to be incredible. I got to say this really quickly. I I love this cast. I I haven't felt this close to a cast this quickly um, since the original series. Now, it took a few years to get close to Next Generation. We all know that. It took a while. 
But this cast just seems to just gel so well together. And and you could see it in the way they act with each other. And when Spock is saving Chapel, it was a real moment, a real moment. I loved it. Oh, yeah. You saw the desperation. I mean, he was desperate to bring her back. And there's a there's a love there. So, um, you know, so <laughs> I'm just like, wow. OK. One of the things that the through line of this that is a huge harken back to original series is in the beginning when Spock says that he's stressed and left stressed from his emotions from the uh, Gorn attack. Mbenga gives him this, I think it's a lyre or a lute or some kind of instrument that he played. That was the instrument that Spock played in the original series. And near at the end here, after everything is done, we see him again sitting down to play this instrument that really gets him settled and calms him down. And that was a nice bookend. It was a real nice echo. Yeah. And then he visits Chapel while she's still unconscious. And you can just tell, I mean, there's more to come from this relationship between the two. So... Uh, to put a cherry on top for this episode, we go to Admiral April, talk to Spock about it until it gave him a warning, said not again. After explicitly ordering you not to go, you risk hundreds of lives and you risk peace in the quadrant. I did what I believed was right. Followed my gut, as you humans are so fond of saying. Part of the consideration is, look, he stopped us from fighting a war on two fronts. And that's... You know, like two fronts? You let Spock off easy. He just kept us from potentially having to defend two fronts at the same time, even if he doesn't know it. Yeah, that's true. It's like, wait, wait, what? And then suddenly we end with a shot of this this stellar map, and it's a possible Gorn ship that's on its way. It was a really nice cliffhanger. I really loved it. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that we brought in the Gorn. Now, the one thing that I'm concerned about is how, how do they weave this? Because Kirk, when he met the Gorn, was the first time they had seen a Gorn. Star Trek has gently and softly maneuvered around the original series. They have bookended the original series with what they need to do. Enterprise with Scott Bakula was, in my opinion, an abomination, but they still did it. It's like, well, oh, this is the first Enterprise. So they've, you know, Star Trek has never shied away from kind of dismissing TOS. And they're just kind of doing that here, too. Yeah. And I'm sure that they're going to find some way of explaining it. Maybe there are different divisions of Gorn. Yeah, I hope so. I I, I, I still myself am a purist and the original should be done. I know in coming episodes we're going to see the new Kirk again. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll have something to say about that when it happens. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but, you know, I think establishing the Gorn as an enemy is a good idea. Yeah, it's definitely. It's this generation's Borg, and I think it's a good idea. Yeah, and they're formidable yeah, because they're ruthless. Yeah, and they're scary and blah, blah, blah. So the more terrifying they are, the better. Yep, so it, it, it leaves us with a good cliffhanger. Well, I mean, no doubt this was an action-packed episode of Strange New Worlds, full of amazing moments. Uh, Anthony, yeah. talk to me. Yeah, you know, uh, I agree. But there were definitely some moments that deserve recognition. So I think this week's episode was important and cool because it gave us a chance to explore characters that we may not explore normally chapel and embanka for instance 
it really took us to a place where Pike was completely out of the picture and it was almost like Lower Decks in a way. And I like that because they made Mbenga and Chapel main characters. And I think that's important in a series like this. That's what TNG did and, and that's what they're doing here. I just cannot find anything wrong with Strange New Worlds. And that's what I liked about this opening episode. Uh, for me, I like the continued uh, exploration of of Spock's emotions and uh, how he's impacted, how he's torn, especially with this relationship with Nurse Chapel, because that de that is definitely influencing how he feels and his decision making. So I'm really eager to see where this goes throughout the season. Nice. Well, Steve, that concludes this Strange New World's premiere episode of Energize. For more information or anything else, go to our website, Energize Podcasts. That's podcasts with an S dot com. And if you want to pick up a copy of my book, The Deletion, go to stevetruitt.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper. <laughs>